Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84-L-O-U and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs and welcome to the Great America Saturday Show. Great to have you with us. Thanks for being here. Mainstream Marxist media on a collision course with its rightful destiny. 2024 may be the year these journalists of the mainstream media pay a price for deceiving the American people. It's been disinformation after misinformation after no information, and they have yet to pay the price. Until now, whether it be the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, uh, the COVID hysteria, gaslighting the fake insurrection of January 6th, the phony uh, January 6th prosecutions, protecting the Biden administration while they turn control of the border over to the Mexican drug cartels, the failed withdrawal in Afghanistan, costing the lives of 13 innocent service members, and oh yes, don't forget, the Bagram Air Force Base that was given up effectively to the Chinese by this administration. They're responsible for all of it, and as I said, 2024 may be a year of reckoning. CNN's ratings have fallen off a cliff. The Los Angeles Times is losing $40 million a year, cutting a third of its staff over two recent layoffs. The Washington Post even slashing staff, losing nearly $100 million last year. BuzzFeed laid off 15% of its staff, closed BuzzFeed News entirely. Vice Media filed for bankruptcy last year. And Sports Illustrated is now defunct. Think about it all for just a second and put it in perspective. Back in 2021, when BuzzFeed went public, they were valued at $1.7 billion. In less than the three years of the Biden administration, they lost 97% of their value. Vice Media, once valued at $5.7 billion, it's now a $350 million property. Perhaps the best news of it all, almost 3,000 left-wing journalists lost their jobs in 2023 more than the previous two years combined. 
Let's bring in our first guest today. He was victim to part of the January 6th media disinformation campaign. The former chief of Capitol Police, Stephen Sun, joins us. And Stephen, let me say, first of all, delightful to have you back with us. I appreciate you taking the time. Let's start with the first order of business. A U.S. congressman, a member of the Republican leadership, now facing censure because the Marxist Dems said that calling the January 6th defendants hostages is reprehensible, and therefore they're calling for her to be censured. Your reaction to all of that? Again, I think you, you look at it, I think it was uh, Democratic um, um, Mayor, uh, not Mayor, Democratic Member of Congress, uh, Dan Goldman, that uh, called for her censorship. You know, my belief is that's her that's her prerogative. Again, she's a member of Congress, a U.S. citizen. You have the right to, you know, kind of say what you want. It's not like she called for anybody's uh, violence against anyone. Uh, matter of fact, she spoke uh, against the violence that some some of the rioters uh, committed on January 6th. Uh, and I think this showcases what what frustrates Americans across the country, the inability of Congress to even work together on the simplest things. Um, I think when you when you ask me, do I what do I think of that term? I think, again, this this goes back to the concern that people have of the disparate treatment that you're seeing um, uh, committed against, you know, treated against different people. There's no real you uh, rule of law in how the law is being applied uh, to these folks. Yeah. Uh, well, they're hostages. Uh, they're prisoners of war, uh, an ideological war. And Dan Goldman is a he is a disgusting and appalling activist who uh, is behaving as ignorantly as uh, any other one of the Marxist Dems who mean to destroy this country. Uh, Elise Stefanik, I think, deserves great courage for speaking up uh, and and calling these defendants who many of whom have been in the Bureau of Prisons for three years uh, without without a trial, without even a trial date. Uh, I the ignorance of this is just breathtaking. I think the Democrat Party uh, and all of these Marxist Dems who run it should be censured because they are the ones responsible for those people still being in that prison and being there in the first place. Uh, I I would like to see the Republicans bring censure motions against them. So we're here. We are three years later, Steve. And we've been talking about videos, and we had a speaker say that he was going to release the videos, and he released a few. And now we have a new speaker, and he said he was going to release the videos, and he released a few. But over 40,000 remain uh, and unseen. Uh, what is your view about what is being protected here? And and we know by whom. Uh, it, it's the... Uh, it's the congressional leaders and the Senate leaders and the, the administration. How do we get those videos released, do you think? Well, I think more and more of the videos are going to be released. I think eventually they're going to try and make all, I think, 44,000 hours of the videos, right. make, make them available. And I will tell you, uh, I'm 100% behind the transparency of the investigation, release the uh, the videos. I think they, they had raised concerns about security um, uh uh, measures on the Capitol being re uh, revealed through the uh, videos. I think there's a limited, I mean, minutes maybe uh, that they could redact uh, if that is the uh, the concern. But when you hide things like this, this is where you get people to start coming up with their own narratives when people can't go in and, and see what's going on. You know, if right is right and wrong is wrong, if, if uh, officers acted wrong, then it should be dealt with. Uh, but, you know, release the video if, because I feel people just keep coming up and um, determining their own narrative of what happened if they don't see what happened. Well, you know, you, you used to run that uh, that department. 
Uh, and I have to say, I my view is if there is a security reason for not showing that video, I don't care what it is, pass a bill, spend some money and then fix it after that, uh, because those people's those people's lives are a hell of a lot more important than some nonsensical uh, security concern by these people who are covering up. The American people know what's going on here. It's a cover up. They're stonewalling. And the, and the Republicans now are complicit because Kevin McCarthy and Mike Johnson haven't done what they said they'd do. And their their lives that could be changed as a result of this. And by the way, I think it would show that we saw a vast number of incidents where the protesters were protecting other protesters from uh, cops who had gone who had lost it. Uh, and they were under a press. I certainly understand that. And I'm not asking for charges to be brought against those police officers, but I'm sure as hell asking that these people be freed from jail for what they did that day. This is ignorance, and it's un-American, don't you think? Uh, again, I think when you look at the, uh, we had talked about the security features, I think that's something that could be easily easily redacted without taking away the importance of the the individual piece of video. So, okay. you know, to your to your point, I think that can be that can be released and where it needs to be released for either you know, prosecutorial or defense um, material, it, it should be done so. But I do think that the American people need to be able to see stuff that went on, uh, how things were handled uh, up there. Uh, and, and, and again, I think... Um, I'm, I'm hoping Speaker Johnson will release more. I'm all in favor. I, you know, I know he's talking about there's going to be a big push for getting behind what's, you know, what really happened on January 6th, and I, I hope that is the case. Yeah. Uh, I've pushed for that since uh, since day one because something just didn't feel right. Yeah, and you know, there's something I want to point out to everybody at this point. Uh, they, I, I've asked the leaders in this country come together and stop this nonsense. This is the. The Chief Justice could do immense good here, interceding uh, because of the judicial proceedings, the Bureau of Prisons, uh, all of this uh, related to the judiciary, and he is the ultimate uh, force in the American judiciary. But what about all of the national news media? Think about this. Uh, the New York Times, the Washington Post, NBC News, ABC News, uh, all of the cable news networks, uh, all of the major city newspapers, why haven't they come together in outrage and said, free the prisoners, free these hostages of the Marxist Dems? Uh, why would there not be, why in the world haven't all of the churches come together and said, free these people? Uh, it's ignorance and it's madness, it's brutality, it is barbar barbaric, uh, and, and this country has to do better. We have seen none of that. Steve, your sense as a former police officer and 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 in leadership, why in the world are we permitting such an atrocity in your in your view? You know, again, looking back in my law enforcement experience, I've been especially uh, specifically in Washington D.C. for thirty years. Uh, I can tell you, I've 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 seen and heard uh, about cases where you had significant violence that people were released pre-trial, uh, people were diverted. Uh, from from uh, prosecution from prosecution, um, and I think again it just goes to the frustration that people have of what you're seeing as a disparate treatment. Why people don't uh, come together? I think again you're not going to see it in some of the the uh, the media because I think a lot of the media uh, doesn't meet their narrative. No, it, it doesn't meet their narrative, and may they uh, well I'll be kind. Uh, 
I'm not wishing great things for the national media. Uh, we're talking with Stephen Sund. We're coming right back, the former chief of the Capitol Police. Uh, we will return right after these quick words. Stay with us. Lou Dobbs here. I'm delighted to let you all know that the program Lou Dobbs Tonight has returned to the air. That's right. Lou Dobbs Tonight is back. We're live each and every weeknight at 7 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Central on rumble.com slash Lou Dobbs. That's rumble.com slash Lou Dobbs. I hope you'll be joining us for Lou Dobbs Tonight as our fight to save this country has only begun. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We're back. We're talking with Stephen Sund. He's the former chief of Capitol Police, uh, a, a great American. Uh, he was an eyewitness to history over that period, uh, and I'm sure of much of his career. Uh, we're talking with Stephen Sund. And Stephen, I, I want to ask, the, the House investigation into what really happened on January 6th, uh, we're told it's entering a new phase. Speaker Johnson apparently supports it. Why, why is everything moving in slow motion? How can we, how can we freeze in time uh, these uh, over a thousand lives? Uh, they're being treated barbarically. We know today that they've turned off the uh, the heat to the prison. Some of them, uh, most of them, perhaps. Uh, this is just barbaric treatment, and we're all a party to it because both parties have done nothing. Uh, as I said, the national media has done nothing. The uh, the courts have done nothing. I, I just I've never felt so helpless in my life over an obvious and obvious injustice. Your thoughts. So as, as again, we see Johnson, uh, Spear Johnson, taking this into a new uh, area. Um, I've been down there. I've talked to some of the the new committees uh, that are down there. I went down. I testified for my second time in, in public. The first time was in February 2021. The second time, I think, was September 2023. Uh, public testimony. I've done everything I can to get the truth of what I saw were the institutional failings that contributed to January 6th out there. Uh, as quickly as possible, whether it was in testimony, whether it's in the book. And I will say, you know, at least Congress and, and things do move at glacier speed. And when people's lives are on stake, that's unacceptable. And when you look at it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy Congress has gone and, and changed some, some laws based on, uh, based on my testimony, but there's still so much to be done. Well, as you say, Washington, D.C. is it is a swamp. It is a cesspool, whatever you want to call it. But the stench is so strong, I think people should be moving faster so they can avoid it. Uh, I, 
I have to say the frustration to see that they're investigating now January 6th. We know what happened. We know that this was uh, an out, outrageous injustice perpetrated by the by the Marxist Dems. We know that the courts oversentenced uh, hundreds of Americans who were overcharged to begin with. Uh, and we know the Capitol Police and, and other agencies were there. Uh, give us give us your sense about the claims that uh, there were at least 200 FBI agents there on ghost buses or, you know, whatever, however they were transported. Uh, how likely is it that the number was that high? And you know, I've heard that 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 number uh, recently, and I think he'd um, try to remember the representative that um, had brought up something about ghost buses, um, buses. I had not seen or heard anything prior to that about ghost buses. I think he said they were dropping off over by Union Station. Um, it, it's not uncommon for uh, the various agencies, whether it's Secret Service, FBI, uh, some of the other law enforcement agencies to have someone that covers in crowds when you have big events. Uh, but when you're starting to hear some of the things coming out where people were enticing members in the crowd to to get into the building, to do do different things like that, that's that's becomes very, very concerning, especially uh, from my position as the chief. All right. Well, I think people should know. Uh, Steve Son told me in our first interview, he said that he didn't get the intelligence uh, from any of the agencies on the uh, before the day of uh, January six, uh, either leading up to it or the day of. Uh, have you ever found out why you were? I'll put it this way: isolated. Uh, no, and that's one of the things I want the investigations to find. What exactly happened? Why was it? Was it uh, just because of stupidity, or was there a malicious intent to keep that that intelligence away from from anybody so we wouldn't have a more of a robust uh, response? When you look at it, and, and and now we're like you said, we're three years into this. Four congressional reports have come out, and every single one of those has indicated this is an intelligence failure. What I've said from day one. Uh, if we had had that intelligence, we would have had more officers, mutual aid, National Guard, unarmed. All I wanted was unarmed National Guard when I asked for them on January 3rd, but unarmed National Guard and a bigger fence. We wouldn't be here today if, we, if I'd gotten that. If I'd gotten the intelligence and we had gotten the resources we needed, we wouldn't be here. Maybe you just answered the question. Uh, they didn't, uh, they wanted that day to occur just as it un, uh, unspooled. Uh, because, you know, every other explanation doesn't add up. Uh, that is the only one, because Pelosi was in clear charge. Uh, she was clearly in the know. Uh, I assume Schumer was as well, but we know Pelosi was. Uh, we know that the top leadership was, and we know full well uh, that the Capitol Police, uh, all of the agencies that were there represented, and I understand that there are at least three other agencies, the uh, uh, DC police. including the FBI. I'm sorry, what did you say, Steve? Uh, DC police. Right. And, and, and uh, uh, the FBI, and I believe the ATF as well. But yep. um, so we know this is a spectacular uh, uh, piece of theater, at, at least in part, because we did see officers on those videotapes waving people into the Capitol. We saw, uh, what's his name, uh, the uh, uh, Epps, Ray Epps, telling people we're going to the Capitol and, and then getting getting a free pass. This is just outrageous. And, and now Judicial Watch has filed filed a wrongful death claim against Lieutenant Michael Byrd, 
who sent out a, a phony shots have been fired message a minute after he pulled the trigger and killed, uh, in my opinion, murdered uh, Ashley Babbitt. Uh, your your thoughts? Uh, I, again, as far as it, it involves the um, the the actions of Bird, you got to understand. I was literally removed from my position the very next day. Um, Speaker Pelosi went on national TV, called for me by name uh, to be removed. Uh, I was removed. I actually had set up a transition period so I could at least do a, a transition with whoever was going to be acting chief, and they removed me within hours of setting that up. Uh, so I had no involvement of whatever the investigations were, or whatever uh, information again, right. has come out internally um, for that. So I just don't want to give an un, uh, uneducated uh, answer on you for you. Well, I, I think it's a very educated answer that you just gave that because you're trying to do the right thing. That wasn't in the interest of the power structure of, of the House of Representatives, was it? It seemed kind of odd that they were so quick to to have me removed, especially if they had just gone and looked and seen on January 3rd, days in advance, I'd asked for assistance, the National Guard. I, I'm the only chief of police in the United States of America, and I think your audience will get a kick out of this, that has to go to the Capitol Police Board and get approval from congressional leadership to bring in federal resources, which I did on January 3rd and was denied. And even on January 6th, when we were under attack, think about it. The attack started at 1253 on the West Front. It took 81 minutes before they broke the first window of the uh, of the Capitol. For 71 of those minutes, I repeatedly was calling the Capitol Police Board. Can I bring in federal, asking for permission? Can I bring in federal assistance? And repeatedly being denied, even while we're under attack. And who would have been making that decision? Uh, that decision was being made uh, ultimately by uh, Paul Irving, Speaker Pelosi's um, uh, House Sergeant Arms, uh, Mike Stinger, who is the chairman of the Capitol Police Board, was he kept referring to uh, my, uh, uh, Mike Stinger. I'm sorry, kept referring to Paul Irving to get his answer, uh, and kept waiting. So ultimately, uh, it was Paul Irving who said he's going to run it up the chain, get right back to me, and he didn't give me an answer for 71 minutes, despite repeated phone calls asking, you know, literally begging for the approval. Up next, President Trump wins his first two primary contests historically and handily. He now looks ahead to Nevada, South Carolina, and Michigan. So how much longer can Nikki Haley hang around? And why should she? The great political strategist Roger Stone joins us here next. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Joining us now, Roger Stone, author, brilliant strategist, host of The Stone Zone on Lindell TV. And Roger, always great to have you with us. Donald Trump cruising through, well, Iowa and New Hampshire. 
forcing DeSantis to make an abrupt exit. What do you make of it? Well, first of all, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, I think, uh, gave in to the inevitable. Uh, Despite squeezing out a distant second-place finish in Iowa, he had receded to less than 5% of the vote in New Hampshire. Uh, Looking back at it retrospectively, his candidacy never had a rationale. It was always, I'm staying by equipment. If Trump, uh, as I think he hoped, uh, is eliminated either for some legal reason or for some health reason or for some other reason, uh, maybe this will all drop into my lap. And that's not a good reason to run for president. Uh, Donald Trump is more vital than I've ever seen him. I mean, he's energized. He's always been a guy who liked a good fight. He's a brawler by nature. He's his best under pressure. Uh, He's lost some weight. He looks great. Uh, His schedule, you know, having to continue to loop back to New York for these various harassment court proceedings, a a 26-year-old would be exhausted. Uh, But he's standing up to it extraordinarily well. Uh, And uh, DeSantis, um, I I thought he looked better in his withdrawal than he looked in months. He looked like a man who was relieved, to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. Uh, His endorsement of Trump was somewhat grudging, but at least he did it. Uh, he's got a lot of repair work to do in, in Florida, Lou. I must tell you, he's, he's hurt his standing. His approval ratings, uh, job approval ratings now below 50 percent, which is extraordinary for a guy who only a year ago won a massive reelection victory. Uh, but I, I think his votes, to the extent that they existed uh, in New Hampshire, and he was down to 5 percent, uh, the polling shows they kind of split down the middle. President Trump gets half of them. Nikki Haley gets half of them. That means half of his voters were convinced that he was an America first Republican. The other half saw through him and thought perhaps he had too much flirtation with the establishment rhino wing of the party. He ends up, I think, not really impacting the race. But now we finally have what we needed, uh, a race between uh, the real America first candidate, a non-interventionist, the peace candidate, in my opinion, yeah. the one who can bring an end to the two global conflicts we have in the Middle East uh, and uh, uh, between Russia and uh, uh, and uh, Ukraine, uh, and the neocon candidate, the candidate of the Bush-Cheney wing of the party, whose foreign policy really, sadly, is indistinguishable from that of Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're, we're going to have a classic contest, the contrast could not be more different. And to support that, uh, CNN saying that the uh, margin looks more like 10% uh, than 60%. So I, I'll go with your uh, your prediction. Well, uh, look, uh, polling is uh, uh, is always uh, dynamic; it changes. But the most recent uh, polling that I saw that I have confidence in shows him finishing around 67% of the vote. That would put Nikki Haley uh, in the 30s. Uh, I don't want to set expectations too high. Uh, anything over 50% is victory. I think he's going to do better than that. Uh, and then presumably, assuming Nikki Haley stays in the race, we move to South Carolina. I think it was very, very effective for the Trump campaign to get uh, Governor Henry McMaster of South Carolina, also that state's lieutenant governor, a number of the members of his cabinet, number of uh, South Carolina state legislatures to come to New Hampshire, uh, a tax-sensitive state, uh, and tell people the story of 
uh, Nikki Haley uh, and her role in raising gas taxes uh, in South Carolina. I think it was extremely effective. Also very effective to have uh, Senator Tim Scott, who represents South Carolina, uh, endorse Donald Trump in a in a, a great uh, revivalist type style. It was a was a great video. It was a great endorsement. So the people who know Nikki Haley best are supporting Donald Trump. I think that tells us a lot. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, next up, as you say, South Carolina, the president, uh, the president has a 30 point lead in the last polling I looked at. Uh, and the the issue of the day seems to be who will he choose as vice president? I, I mean, to think we're having this conversation before uh, before February. February is a little early. January is ridiculous. Uh, but there it is. Uh, your thoughts about who he should should, in your judgment, uh, choose as vice president? Well, Lou, uh, former President Richard Nixon once told me that in looking for a vice president, don't look for someone who can help you because there is no one who can help you. Look for someone who does not hurt you, mm -hmm. uh, which is interesting because the two choices he made in 1960 were roundly criticized. Henry Cabot Lodge, who I think gets a bum rap, actually, great new book uh, called The Last Brahmin by Luke, uh, Luke Nichter. Uh, Lodge's efforts on behalf of that ticket were far more uh, vigorous than he than he was blamed for. But then, of course, uh, the the choice of Spiro Agnew. Agnew at the time bridged what was a divide in the party between party moderates uh, and party conservatives. Agnew had been elected governor of Maryland as a moderate Republican, yet he was acceptable to Barry Goldwater and John Tower and Strom Thurmond and so on. So uh, in making the selection, uh, Trump has uh, uh, the unenviable task of, first of all, selecting someone who's qualified to be president. So in the event of the, of disaster, God forbid, that President Trump were incapacitated and couldn't do the job, that this person is fully capable and has the experience and judgment and temperament to do the job. Then, and only then, do you have to look at the political ramifications. Uh, and uh, I would hope that he would try to seek somebody uh, who doesn't just reinforce his support among the voters he already has. Someone who the base is satisfied, uh, his base finds trustworthy in terms of sticking to the America first uh, non-globalist agenda. Someone with the courage to stand up to the Marxist Dems, as a friend of mine likes to call them, uh, and uh, at the same time, reaches out potentially to a constituency uh, where the president needs to add some votes. Now, that's a very, very tall order. Uh, there's a lot of good people being mentioned. Uh, let me stress from the beginning, anything I say here, these are just my opinions. Mm -hmm. Yes, I talk for the president, as you do, from time to time. But first of all, I would never disclose those conversations. And uh, he has not indicated to me any preference one way or another uh, in, in any regard. A report yesterday uh, by, I think it was uh, Sebastian Gorka, he seems like a nice guy, saying uh, Lee Zeldin, the former congressman from New York, has already been selected. Uh, I don't believe that that's accurate. Uh, I also, uh, as much as I like Mr. Zeldin and think he made a valiant race for governor of New York, I'm not sure what constituency uh, he would bring you that you don't already have. Uh, uh, ben Carson, 
uh, is a solid choice. I like Ben Carson. He spoke at my church recently, gave a very, very great inspirational church. He's solid. He's steady. He's loyal. Uh, he is an African-American. I think that's not insignificant. Uh, when I went to pick up my dry cleaning the other day, I was kind of surprised that the young woman, uh, the clerk who worked there, recognized my name. And she said, uh, Mr. Stone, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. And she said, are we going to get Trump back in there? And I said, well, uh, are you a Trump supporter? She said, well, I, I didn't vote last time. In fact, I've never, never voted before because I didn't think it made any difference. But and neither and I kind of learned that from my parents. They didn't vote either. But let me tell you, my whole family's now registered. And we're all going to be voting for Trump because of what's happening Good. to this country. Now, I admit that's anecdotal, but I but the poll numbers reflect that Trump is making historic inroads among African Americans, where even incremental improvement can change the dynamics of the entire federal election. And we're going to take that up uh, in the latest polling uh, on the demographics uh, in this race right now. We're talking with uh, Roger Stone. We're coming right back. Please stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back now with Roger Stone. And Roger, as you advise the president, as you have advised presidents for some time, decades in fact, uh, the counsel that, that you suggested uh, that Richard Nixon uh, offered, I, it makes perfect sense to me. First, find a candidate who uh, none of them can help you, but uh, I'm paraphrasing you, uh, but be sure you don't get one that hurts you. I see just a world of hurt uh, with each one of the candidates that I've heard mentioned prominently. Uh, I'm. I, what would you do? You have a favorite amongst the candidates? Well, it's a difficult question. Uh, first of all, people do need to recognize, and many people don't, even though I've said it uh, not only on this show, but on others. Uh, because of the rules of the Electoral College, while they do not specifically prohibit two people who are legal residents of the same state to be nominated by a party for president and vice president, mm -hmm. they do, in the event that they carried that state, are required to forfeit the electoral votes of that state. So in a close race, you could not afford to do that. That means you could not have Ron DeSantis, for example. Not right. that he would be a contender, but I use him for example. Or Congressman Byron Donalds, who I like very much. Uh, or General Michael Flynn, just for another example. So it cannot be uh, a Floridian. Uh, I have been very impressed uh, by the feistiness and the fight uh, of, uh, of Elise Stefanik. A congresswoman from upstate New York in a business in which most politicians avoid conflict and try to go along to get along. Uh, she's been in the forefront of the fight against anti-Semitism on the campuses. She played a, a huge role uh, in forcing the uh, president uh, of Harvard to resign. Uh, she's also uh, not been afraid to uh, file formal complaints 
regarding what she reviewed, viewed as judicial misconduct in some of the Trump cases. Uh, there are very few members of Congress who have this kind of courage, this kind of fight. Uh, she's obviously a woman. Uh, uh, she may have some appeal to suburban women. Uh, I think that she'd be an excellent choice. Uh, I'm not saying that's that that is. Uh, I'm not saying that I've recommended that because I I've made no recommendation at this point. But I like her very much. Yeah. Uh, if the president chose her, I'd be very happy. Uh, Christy Nome, while she's very attractive. And while she has a, a solid record, uh, South Dakota is a small state. And if you're not carrying South Dakota, uh, you know, your candidacy is in trouble. I, again, I think she appeals to the base. Uh, we, we talked about Dr. Ben Carson. I admire him a lot. He's a good man. He's a great Christian. He's solid. He's been through a presidential campaign. I think that's significant. Uh, would not be, in my opinion, a bad choice uh, at all. Uh, your old colleague, my friend Tucker Carlson, uh, an intriguing idea. Uh, I get the impression that if the president asked him to do it, he'd probably do it. I don't think he seeks it or wants it. Uh, again, until Donald Trump, all of our presidents were either senators or governors or congressmen or generals. Uh, Donald Trump broke the mold being the first business person elected president. Yeah. The last time we nominated a businessman was in 1940. We nominated Wendell Wilkie. He ran the best race against Franklin Roosevelt of Roosevelt's four challenges, but he did not become president. Uh, I, I think that the, the that Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, is an interesting choice, but she's only in her second year uh, of the governorship. A very bold uh, policy on her part, blocking the red Chinese or any Chinese uh, entity fronting for the Communist Party from purchasing any real estate, uh, ranch land, farmland, toll plazas, highways, ports, uh, no port here, but uh, uh, airports and so on. That's a very bold position, something Ron DeSantis pledged to do, but did not really do uh, in Florida. Uh, I have uh, taken some flack for putting forward the name uh, of Tulsi Gabbard, uh, she's someone who intrigues me because, of course, she's a former Democrat. Ronald Reagan was a Democrat. Donald Trump was a Democrat. I think you can evolve. Uh, she is certainly uh, a critic of the war machine. She really blasted Nikki Haley yesterday and, and pointed out that a vote for Nikki Haley would be like voting for Hillary Clinton. Uh, she would have to become a Republican. Uh, she's, uh, as you know, uh, not only an Iraq war veteran, I believe she's a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army Reserve, championship mm -hmm. surfer, former Democrat member of Congress, former uh, vice chairman of the Democratic Committee. I'm unaware of her position on social issues such as abortion. I haven't had a chance to look at it. Uh, she'd have to become a Republican. Uh, at least 30 of the 50 states require that a person nominated for federal office on the Republican ticket be registered in the vote. It's an outside the box choice. Uh, no doubt a bunch of people criticized me for it, but no matter who you recommend, you'll find some criticism. Look, only one man's gonna make this choice uh, and that's Donald Trump. If he has a short list, then it's in his mind. He did say on Fox that he's made this decision. Perhaps he has. But since he doesn't have to July, announce it until July, 
he has every right to change his mind at any time without telling us. Uh, I think he's got some good choices. Uh, I think he is wisely very focused uh, on dispatching Nikki Haley in South Carolina and getting this contest for the nomination over before he turns to this question. So uh, he has not given me or anyone I know any particular hints. Uh, there are probably other good people uh, that were, we've failed to mention here. Um, I, I think it's uh, he's got time. He doesn't have to make this decision today. This is a popular Washington parlor game, as you know. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. Our guest here tomorrow on the Great America Sunday Show will be House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan and Article 3 Projects founder Mike Davis. Please join us for that tomorrow, each and every weekday. And please join me for Lou Dobbs tonight, each and every weeknight on Rumble, Twitter, Frank Speech, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Follow me on Twitter and True Social at Lou Dobbs and on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. Be sure to check out the all-new LouDobbs.com. Thanks, everybody. God bless you. Hope you're having a great weekend. God bless America.